Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. Today we will discuss episode 44 of the story of Minglan or This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. If you have any questions at any point, please reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at Chasing Dramas, or else email us at Karen and Kathy at ChasingDramas.com. Also, please leave us a rating on whatever platform you listen to us to. I think it helps. If you haven't already checked out our new poll on our website, we are more than halfway through our current drama and are looking to you to vote for what drama we should discuss next. Head on over to ChasingDramas.com to vote for your preference. As always, we will start off the podcast episode with the drama episode recap. Then we'll do a historical analysis and close off with some book differences, or at least in this case, some book explanations. In the last few episodes, Ming Lan has encountered her first serious obstacle in her new home, in the form of servants sent to her from her new stepmother. These servants have been wreaking havoc on her home and act as spies to tell her stepmother-in-law all the comings and goings in her home. There are also a couple of younger maids scheming to become Gu Tingye's concubines. Minglan, though, does have a few allies in her group of servants that are new and have no allegiance to the Gu Manor, but she needs a spark or a mistake so big that she will have, quote-unquote, no choice but to get rid of these servants. What should Minglan do? To start off, Minglan recruits Chang Momo, Gu Tingye's wet nurse, to help. One night, Chang Momo is out in the yard grabbing a few drinks with Hua Mama and Tian Mama, or you could call them Nanny Hua and Nanny Tian. These two came over from the Gu Manor, but as Chang Momo goads, they have been pushed down by Nanny Lai, who acts like she rules them all. This Lai Mama has been stealing, yelling at other servants, and all other manner of irritating things or at least been doing all other manner of irritating things. Chang Momo latches on to Nanny Lai's shortcomings and asks these other nannies if they want to make a change for the better. The analogy Chang Momo uses to make the actions of the other nannies clear is Gu Tingye's current fortune. Gu Tingye is now as powerful and wealthy as he is because he helped quash a coup and supported the new emperor. If these nannies, so Nanny Hua and Nanny Tian, help Minglan get rid of the obstacle in her household, these nannies will of course be rewarded for their efforts. The other two nannies, though, are understandably hesitant. Why doesn't Chang Momo do anything to help Minglan get rid of Lai Mama? Why is it up to the two of them? Chang Momo explains that she is Gu Tingye's wet nurse. Her position in the Gu Manor is already established and cannot be changed. She is trusted by Gu Tingye and Minglan, and she can't really be elevated further. That's all totally true and fair. 
Nanny Hua and Nanny Tian, on the other hand, have plenty to gain from helping Minglan. They're currently not favored in the household, but by getting rid of Nanny Lai, they'll most certainly be rewarded. This Hua Mama and Tian Mama are still hesitant to which Chang Mo basically calls them cowards for not standing up for themselves and their careers. Only after this do these two nannies agree to act. Little do they know this was all a trap set by Minglan and Chang Momo. Shortly after, Minglan has guests over to her residence at Chengyuan or Cheng Garden. The guests include the Empress's younger sister and younger brother, with the last name of Shen. As is customary, Minglan spends time with the Shen sister, and Gu Tingye spends time with the Shen brother. While out fishing, Minglan connects rather well with the Shen sister, or we'll call her Xiao Shen Shi. Both of them don't come from wealthy backgrounds and married up. In the Shen siblings' case, they were originally doing fine in Yuzhou, but then suddenly became highly visible and sought after in court by being connected to the new emperor. This Shen sister confides in Minglan that most of the aristocracy in the capital make fun of her. They say that she's not poised enough or graceful enough. She likes being active and does not want to be a proper lady all of the time. This is another reason why Milan and her get along so well. At their core, these two ladies don't like the restrictions that society has placed on them as women. To me, this Shin sister's current predicament is quite classic. A woman suddenly becomes insanely wealthy and is sister to the empress, but is not accepted by the established court, for she has no aristocratic pedigree. Ladies and gentlemen, this, I think, is what they don't tell you about Cinderella's story. At least fortunately for this Shin sister, her husband and her husband's family treat her kindly. We never see them on screen, though, only mentioned in passing. Elsewhere, Gu Tingye and the Shin brother are having a drink and catching up. It is during this visit that chaos happens in the Cheng Garden. In the kitchen, Nanny Lai has been accosted by Nanny Hua and Nanny Tian for stealing valuable vegetables. Nanny Lai claims that she thought those leaves or vegetables were just weeds. The other two nannies knew better. These were vegetables specially grown for Gu Tingye's daughter's soup. Nanny Lai must be planning on stealing these leaves to sell in the market for a profit. Nanny Lai at first denies this, but then turns around to accuse these nannies, saying that they are just bitter that they can't profit off of the household. And with this, all hell breaks loose. A massive food fight begins in the kitchen. Vegetables and meat and flour are flying everywhere. Servants are throwing punches and some pretty good slaps, I must say. It's a proper food fight. Xiao Tao, one of Minglan's trusted maids, rushes over to see what's happening, but couldn't help but laugh when vegetables are being tossed around and servants are beating each other up on the floor. 
The commotion was so loud that on Minglan's side, the Shin sister hears it and asks if Minglan needs to manage anything. Minglan is like, nah, I'm just going to ignore it. Same thing on Gu Tingye's side. He's informed right in front of his guest, the Shin brother, that there is a food fight in the kitchen. Gu Tingye is like, not my problem, that's Minglan's problem. To mask the sound of the fighting, Gu Tingye randomly invites the Shin brother to a friendly sparring match, complete with drums to help hype up the fight. There's like a whole acrobatics team or troop doing something in the background, I'm not sure. In any case, they're fighting, and then that night, the gaggle of food-covered servants are lined up out in the yard waiting to hear their fate. Minglan, though, does not come out. It's only Minglan's headmaids, Cui Wei and Dan Ju, that serve out the punishment. All of the servants involved in the food fight can no longer be used in the household. They will be moved to a farmstead the next day for further placement. Nenny Hua and Nenny Tian are in utter disbelief. Why or how could they be treated this way? This is a severe punishment. They were trying to help the madam because they couldn't stand Nanny Lai. Cui Wei responds accurately. That, sure, it's fine to stand up for the madam, but what's with all the fighting? If they killed someone on the madam's behalf, is it also the madam's fault that they killed people? To this, the servants have no strong response. Clearly, these women were not intelligent enough to bring down Nanny Lai without implicating themselves. And so, they only have themselves to blame for this result. All of them are going to be sent away. And this is exactly what Minglan planned. As for Nanny Lai, she's now on bed rest after this scuffle. Cui Wei also comes to see her. Nanny Lai still thinks she's in charge and tells Cui Wei she'll help procure new servants to manage the household and expresses her discontent at how these people treated her. Cui Wei, though, informs Nanny Lai that she will also be moving to a farmstead off the property to help her recover from her injuries. Nanny Lai's like, no, 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 I'm okay, because she knows full well that moving off to a farmstead is a form of punishment, as she's pretty much an exile. So that's why she tries to say she's fine and doesn't need time to recover. Cui Wei, though, is prepared and brings out the fact that Gu Tingye, the master of the household, heard about sending Nanny Lai to the farmstead and asked two of his servants to assist. So there is absolutely no pushing back from Nanny Lai's side. Nanny Lai is defeated at hearing this. Without skipping a beat, Minglan and company provide new keys and responsibilities to the maids and nannies loyal to her. One of the ladies is was featured in the last episode having fought with Nanny Lai. And now they're being given new keys and responsibilities. Minglan has her own cadre of servants that answer only to her, not her stepmother-in-law. So she is very excited and we're very excited for her. So what exactly happened? Let me and Karen as well recap how Minglan was able to successfully eliminate 
such a large swath of problematic servants without even seeming to lift a finger. As Minglan explained earlier, she needed these servants to commit such a large offense that there would be no alternative but to remove them from the property for poor behavior. That's where Chang Moma came in. She fueled the flames of discord between the various nannies. Sure, the nannies wanted to get rid of Nanny Lai to help the madam of the house, but they didn't know exactly how to do it or had the guts to really do it. And importantly, Chang Woma only had this conversation with nannies that also came from the Gu Manor. Note, she didn't have this conversation with new staff loyal to Milan, only those she wanted to get rid of, namely Hua Mama and Tian Mama. The perfect opportunity came in the visit of the Shen siblings. They are honored guests, sister and brother of the Empress. While, as we've heard, they may not be fully integrated in court yet, they have a certain amount of standing or a certain level of standing in court. When the food fight broke out, both of these people heard the commotion. This, in my mind, has two primary effects. One, they are witnesses to the fight. No one, aka the stepmother, can say that it was just Minglan and Gu Tingye faking a fight to remove the servants. There are two major witnesses, and who knows how many servants from the these two esteemed guests uh, that it wasn't Minglan or Gu Tingye's doing, but rather servants from the kitchen causing a commotion. And number two, by causing a food fight with such esteemed guests in the house, Minglan has no option but to remove these servants. It is a humiliation on the entire household and by extension the ghoul manor for there to be such a commotion with the empress's relatives around. Now it is easy for Minglan to remove these servants in one fell swoop. That is why neither Minglan nor Gu Tingye responded at all when they just heard the possibility of a fight. They were like, we're just going to let it ride out because it is hugely embarrassing. And not even the evil stepmother-in-law could say anything. Hopefully that makes sense. And indeed, Mila needed to have a concrete enough reason to remove these servants because, of course, the evil stepmother-in-law, Madame Qin, comes to see her. With the events that just happened, Madame Qin does not blame Minglan. Instead, she wonders aloud how these nannies could have acted out so poorly. But Qin Da Niangzi firmly states that she knows of two maids who did not participate. These are Nanny Lai's two daughters. One of them is Ming Yue and the other is Ru Yue. Madame Qin points out that Ming Yue in particular is well-mannered and thoughtful. She is someone Ming Lan can rely on. Ugh, massive eye roll. On the surface, Madame Qin just said a bunch of reconciliatory things to Ming Lan to appease her of the fight that just happened. But as you can see or hear, Madame Qin is not pleased at all. The underlying message in this conversation is that Milan is not to touch these two maids, Ming Yue and Ru Yue. 
I also firmly believe that Madame Qin is purposefully slighting Minglan by calling the maid Mingyue instead of her new name Chunyue. Remember, in episode 42, this Mingyue was called out for her name being too close to Minglan's name, and that name was changed to Chunyue. It is not possible that Qin Da Niangzi or Madame Qin does not know about this disrespectful name, but she still decided to call it um, in front of Minglan just to kind of like, I don't know, annoy her. Why highlight this Mingyue and Ruyue? I'm going to call her Chunyue to be respectful to Minglan. As Madame Qin explains while in the litter returning to the Gu Manor, seething with anger at losing all of these spies, or I would say just pawns that she can use, Madame Qin expects one of these two maids to become a concubine of Gu Tingye. She doesn't think Gu Tingye can uh, resist having these two beautiful maids around. This will surely create problems in their household, a.k.a. Gu Tingye will take notice of these maids and sleep with them. Minglan, though, isn't too perturbed by their stay. She and Gu Tingye cannot force Chunyue or Ruyue to leave, but that doesn't mean they cannot leave on their own. Once the weather turns cold, Minglan allows Chunyue to visit her mother, Nanny Lai, who is now in the farmstead. The brilliance of waiting for the weather to turn cold before allowing Chunyue to visit her mother is that now her mother can only complain at the poor and freezing conditions on the farmstead. Of course, being on a farmstead has got to be way worse than being in the Cheng Garden or the Gu Manor. And that is exactly what happens. Once Chunyue sees her mother, Nanny Lai recognizes that they've been discarded by Madame Qin or the stepmother. She, so Nanny Lai and her daughters, don't have any further backing or support from the Gu Manor and have pretty much been left to fend for themselves. They're stuck in, a, in between a rock and a hard place because Nanny Lai's condition won't necessarily improve unless Trinue becomes a concubine, which she doesn't necessarily want to do. Nanny Lai then finally advises Trinue to beg Minglan to let them leave. In the very next scene, we see Chunyue kneeling in front of Minglan, begging Minglan to allow her, her mother, and sister leave the capital back to their hometown. Minglan, in my mind, puts on a little show of reluctance, but ultimately agrees to Chunyue's request. After all, it's exactly what Minglan wanted. She just needed to put that appearance of, mm, you know, I really don't want to do this, but good for you. With these three gone, her home will finally achieve some peace and quiet. And that's another round to Milan. Let's give her a round of applause. Milan celebrates like many people would by stuffing her face with yummy food after this victory, while Gu Tingye watches lovingly at Milan's overjoyed countenance. It's also pretty heartwarming to see Zhongjie in these scenes. Um, her father obviously dotes on her, and it's great to see that um, right now Zhongjie and Milan have a pretty good um, dynamic as well. With these 
problematic servants gone. The episode ends with two updates and another relationship advice. First, Gu Tingye hears from his servant Shi Tou's family member that they had spotted his son and his son's mother. So Gu Tingye is kind of ex-fling. They unfortunately lost track of the son and his mother, but thought it prudent to inform Gu Tingye that uh, these two were at least seen. Gu Tingye is understandably eager to hear more and asks Shi Tou's family member to keep an eye out and let him know of any further updates. On Minglan's side, now that she's handled affairs in her household, she has time to survey the farmstead properties that they own as Madam of the Household. She heads out with her maids and a couple of male servants to meet a few of the managers of the household to review their accounts and inspect the land. She's essentially acting as an auditor. This turns out to be more problematic than a simple survey, which we'll see more of in the future. Essentially, now we're in the second half of the episode, or in the drama, I see these as several obstacles. Every every couple of episodes is an obstacle that Milan has to face. So we're now done with one obstacle. She's now turning to her next obstacle. As for the relationship advice, Gu Tingye overhears Minglan chatting with her maids after the euphoria of removing the unwanted servants. Minglan's maid observes that Minglan treats Gu Tingye almost like a creditor, or another word is boss, not a husband. Minglan actually agrees that she has to treat him like a manager, which she says is had to be respectful to him. She almost... I, Think, views her role as wife as a job, not as a relationship. This part, most people probably wouldn't agree with, but she does say that it's not good to constantly rely on your partner for help. It may seem fine at the beginning, especially during the honeymoon period, but after a while, your partner will feel the weight of supporting you if it's constant, and they will start resenting you for it. I think this is rather insightful. One shouldn't always expect your partner to shoulder the brunt of your issues. The key word is expect. Instead, one should aim to be self-sufficient. It's comforting when your partner is there to help, but the expectation shouldn't be that they will always be there. What do you think, listeners? I personally think there's a lot of wisdom sorry, in these words. Hu Tingye, who obviously overheard all of this, doesn't like it because it means that Minglan doesn't fully trust him since she won't rely on him. Eh, I don't know. He likes to know that she would rely on him, but she, I think, may be right that longer term he might feel burdened. I don't know. I personally agree with Minglan, but you let me know, listeners. Do you think Minglan is correct or Gu Tingye? Here are my two cents on this. I believe as of right now, Minglan is correct on her assessment. She's seen all too well what happens when a husband basically discards his wife in favor of a concubine. Look at her father and Madame Wang. Mistress Lin came between them and that had a lasting effect on the whole family. 
Um, none of the daughters particularly like Mulan, and uh, nobody brings up Lin Xiaoyang even after her death. Milan also doesn't really know how Gu Tingye feels about her. Honestly, I don't think anybody does. Does he even? He still has a pretty terrible reputation for being a philanderer and womanizer. Why would Milan drop all of her responsibilities and quote-unquote expect, as Karen said, Gu Tingye to do everything for her? Gu Tingye here is expecting way too much from her. it for the episode recap. Once again, we're super excited because Ming Lun has eliminated the pests in her household. But let's get into some history. Today's historical analysis is actually quite military focused since Ming Lun is using military tactics to beat her stepmother-in-law. First up, when explaining to Gu Tingye and his daughter how they must go about removing the two young maids left over um, after the fight, she states, This phrase comes from the famed Sun Zi Bingfa, also known as Sun Tzu's Art of War, one of the earliest and most well-known military tactic texts in Chinese history. Anyone read that text before? I think we mentioned in this podcast that we reread the original form of Sun Tzu's Art of War while we were growing up. That doesn't mean I know military tactics very well, though. <laughs> this phrase, Bu Chen er Chu means to not use any weapons but still win by making the opposing army lose their willingness to fight. This is part of the whole chapter in Sun Tzu's Art of War talking about how to win battles using your intellect and uh, tact rather than your fists. In the current situation for Minglan, Minglan knows she cannot go head-on anymore against the two young mates. Because, as Madame Qin stated during her visit, even if these two maids made a mistake, similar to this food fight debacle, Minglan is not to punish them. It is instead their mother-in-law who is going to punish them. Therefore, the next step is to defeat the enemy from within. That is why Minglan allowed Chun Yue to visit her mother in the winter. Next, after Minglan explains all of this to Gu Tingye and his daughter, Gu Tingye marvels at whether he married a Fang. Looks like the YouTube translation does note who this is, but I thought this passing reference is important to explain because I didn't know who Fang was. Fang is the courtesy name of Zhang Liang, a renowned strategist for the first emperor of the Han dynasty, Liu Bang. So I've definitely heard of Zhang Liang, but I didn't know Fang meant Zhang Liang. 
If there is ever a story about how Liu Bang defeated the Qin Dynasty and defeated his rival Xiang Liu to unify China under the Han Dynasty, Zhang Liang is sure to feature in that story. Zhang Liang was born during the Warring States period in the kingdom of Han. His family was very wealthy and connected. They served as ministers or premiers for the kingdom of Han, but that all suffered when Qin Shi Huang destroyed the other kingdoms and unified the land under the Qin dynasty. Zhang Liang, still a young man at the time, spent his time and energy trying to seek revenge for the kingdom of Han and kill Qin Shi Huang. It is documented that he tried to assassinate Qin Shi Huang but failed to do so. Of the three documented assassination plots against Qin Shi Huang, though, Zhang Liang was the only one to survive the attempt and subsequent manhunt. Given this failure, Zhang Liang kept a rather low profile for many years, but learned key components of early Taoism. He brought this knowledge with him in a chance meeting with Liu Bang, so the future emperor of the Han Dynasty. In this meeting, he saw Liu Bang's potential and decided to be his strategist. His contribution to forming of the Han Dynasty cannot be understated. He also had the wisdom to know when to step away from power. When his colleagues, such as Han Xin, another notable ally of Liu Bang, were, was eliminated for knowing too much or having too much power, Zhang Liang decided to leave his position. This allowed him to live out his life, I would say, rather peacefully. For Gu Tingye to reference Zhang Liang is incredibly high praise for Minglan's intellect and strategic acumen. And now I want to take us on a brief detour to discuss the brother and sister duo that visited the Cheng Gardens this episode. We first have Xiao Shen Shi or Little Shen. Unfortunately, the author never gives her a full name, so that's what we'll call her. Um, for our series. She is the younger sister or youngest sister to the current Empress and was recently married to a young general, General Zheng. We then have Shen Congxing or General Shen. He is the Empress's younger brother and is now a newly favored aristocrat and general at court. His marital life is in deep shambles, and we will watch that unfold in the drama. The three members of the Shin family come from a relatively low bureaucratic family. Their parents died when they were young and were raised by family elders, and hence are not actually close to the family. Xiao Shenshi and Minglan become fast friends in both the book and in the drama, as we see here. Um, we don't see much of Xiao Shenshi in the drama, but she is a pretty fun and uh, carefree woman in the book. Like I said, we'll see a lot more of General Shen in future episodes and the whole shenanigans that he gets up to. Um, but for right now, I just wanted to give a little bit of background about these two people, as we will see them in the drama moving forward. Alrighty, and finally, let's wrap up on book differences. In the book, Minglan gets rid of the nannies, or specifically Nanny Lai, in a different manner. 
Nanny Lai one day makes a ridiculous suggestion to Milan, saying that since Ku Tingye has concubines now, Milan should set up a schedule so that he goes and stays with the concubines on a regular basis. Nanny Lai's excuse is that if she doesn't do this or Milan doesn't do this, Milan will be considered a jealous wife, which is a big sin for wives at the time. Milan, rightfully so, becomes very upset about this and point blank shoots Nanny Lai down. Milan asks, um, "Did the marchioness do this when she was married to the marquis? Does anyone else in the household do this? No." So do not ask this again ever. Also, Nanny Lai's just a servant. How does she think she has、uh, the right to question or suggest this? Well, Milan finds a way to、uh, make Nanny Lai's life not very pleasant. She has her servants loyal to her get into regular shouting matches with Nanny Lai, sort of similar to what we saw in the drama episode. When Nanny Lai becomes ill from,、um, I guess, all of the shouting and all the、uh, fighting, Milan calls for doctors to tend to her. Once Nanny Lai recovers, the whole cycle starts again. Nanny Lai basically surrenders to Milan and is left powerless in the manor after a couple of these cycles. The other nannies. Either decide to basically join Minglan, or are similarly,、uh, I would say, discarded. Some of the events occur out of order in the drama, but it doesn't detract from the show. And、uh, I will call them out a bit more、um, once we get to those episodes. And that is it for today. If you haven't already, check out our website with the latest drama reviews we've done, or follow along with the dramas we're currently watching. If you're looking for sites to watch dramas and you're in the U.S., head over to Jubao TV. That's J U B A O T V. It's a free service that has a selection of Chinese dramas and movies to watch. You can stream it through the website Jumo, or else access it on TV if you have Xfinity or Cox Contour. Again, all of this is free. The music you heard is the zither piece called "Lan" with sheet music by Bing Jiu Wo Niujun and played by Karen. Thanks, everyone, and we will catch you in the next episode.